as we hit the guest line to kick off hour number three. And we do it in style. Jen Welter joining us. Of course, you know her because she was the first woman to ever coach in the NFL. She did that for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, now she has a new book. It's called Play Big Lessons in Being Limitless from the First Woman to Coach in the NFL. Dr. Jen Welter, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Great nice to have to you with here. us. Great to have you with us, Jen. And, you know, this is great because I love when I get to do this. I talked to Jen earlier this week on SI Now, and then we get to do it again here on the Moose and Maggie show, which is just a lot of fun. And I want to start off with something from your book, and we talked about this. Um, You started off, you were playing playing football. You went from being a football player to being a football coach, and you were playing in a women's professional tackle league. And the way you describe this league – which is one of the best moments of your life, gave you some of the greatest moments of your life, in some ways saved your life, and we can get into that later, but you describe it as just sort of like the minor leagues, but even more minor, like like the Indians in the movie Major League. What were the realities of being a woman's professional football player? You know, the reality is this. It is passion, not a paycheck. Um, you are work by day, play football by night, um, fundraising as if you were um, a high school team, although in Texas, high school teams are better funded. And um, it really is, most days you feel like you're being held together by duct tape, and yet you're all coming together surrounding this big goal. You know, I still remember um, a particular game out in Long Beach, which was, you know, just an awesome day, right? We were going from Dallas to Long Beach, so we got to fly, which was rare. And yet our elation over getting to fly was quickly, um, I guess, subsided as soon as we got to the hotel. And um, I just remember we opened the door to the hotel room and it was just this very stale sock kind of smell. And, you know, there was no desire to really go all the way into the room. So we quickly turned around and went back out to the pool because it was Long Beach and it was gorgeous. And um, before long, every other travel-worn player was pretty much around this pool. And we were just soaking in the sun and um, kind of laughing about it. Then all of a sudden, the front desk guy comes out and he's like yelling at us. And it, it doesn't really make sense to us until we find out that apparently where we were hanging out by the pool is where the prostitutes used to pick up their johns. And so a football team of women was bad for business. So though we fundraised, that was not our way of fundraising. So um, we ended up checking out of that hotel and getting another one. That's amazing. Story, right? That is a crazy story. Well, you think about, you know, you say professional and yeah, you, like you said, Jen, it's a passion, not a paycheck. And you know, football, and that's a crazy story. It's unbelievable. But on a little bit more of a, I guess, a serious note, you know, in your personal life, you were going through some difficult things. And if it wasn't for football, I'm curious, I mean, how do you think you would have gotten through that? And I'll let you explain what it is. You know, I I think that football is really where I learned that I could do anything in this world. And we all need that place, right? For me, it was on the football field. And it was this feeling of, Things could be chaotic and crazy and terrible in any other area in life. But I put those pads on and and that helmet on and and laced up my cleats and stepped out into the game, and I was larger than life. You know, I was magic. I could do anything. Um, And particularly the time you're referring to was uh, back in 2008. I left a particularly toxic relationship. We had been engaged for a number of years, 
and I walked away from everything in order to get away. And in the process, I ended up basically living out of my car for four months. Um, and while most people would say that was devastation, oh my gosh, you were homeless, I, I never really saw it that way. It was like I was free. And it was in that time, in that season, that I went from playing football to being a football player because that's when everybody said, you know, this is when you have to quit. You can't afford to do this anymore. You're right. not making any money. You don't have anything. And yet, that's when I needed football the most. And it pulled me through. You know, it, it's interesting. What, I, I guess, uh, Jen, my, what life lessons, what, what, is, what does football provide for you? You mentioned everyone needs that place, uh, but what, it, what does it provide for you internally? Well, it's given me this, this place of greatness, right? And I think for each one of us, we need that place in this world where we can be great because when you have that, it's like a catalyst for other sparks in your life. You know, you realize that, you deserve to be a champion. Um, but more than that, it taught me, I mean, so many things, but one of the ones we particularly need right now in our society is that diversity is a strength. You know, the beauty of football is you look out on the field and you can see very quick, very quickly and very clearly that it doesn't work if everybody looks the same. We need people from straight muscle to straight hustle and a whole lot of crazy to make it work. And that's my football family. They are every make, model, shape, size, cream, and color. We are women and men um, that have played with, played against, and coached with, and coached against all over the planet. And if we realize that that is the beauty of our society, particularly in the United States, and we embrace that, um, a lot of people could take notes from, uh, from the football team, and hopefully that locker room could be the one that we're living with every day. We're talking with Dr. Jen Welter. She's got a new book. It's called Play Big, Lessons in Being Limitless from the First Woman to Coach in the NFL. And you've said to me before in the past, Jen, just away from the book, you just said, you know, that's what Bruce Arians really saw in you. You know, he saw a a different voice. He saw your authenticity to have that voice and how you were going to be um, a little bit of coming at things from a little bit of a different angle, maybe for some of his players, and that added value. And I know that there have been doubters along the way. I, I know that because everyone has encountered that, right? And especially you when you're trying to break into this field where no woman had ever been before. So I'm curious when you see those doubters and then you see, you know, Cam Newton's comments from this week, basically laughing off a female reporter when she's asking a very serious question about routes and trying actually to compliment a teammate of his in, in Devin Funches. Just curious when you first saw that, what did, what did, it, what, what did you take from that? I mean, how did you take it? Well, I, I want to back up a second with Cam because I know him personally. And let's just think about how many female reporters have asked him questions over the course of his career. Many, many. And has he ever had that reaction before? No, he hasn't. So let's first of all say it was a terrible thing to say, right? Nobody's going to say it was right. But let's also say I don't believe it's to the core of who Cam is. And I know that's probably not popular It would be much easier for me to say, you know, all these guys need to learn. But Cam in particular, I met him um, a couple of years ago. It was right right after, you know, the Cardinals and Panthers and all that stuff in offseason. And he he had a show called All In with Cam Newton. 
and there was a little girl named Alasia whose dream it was to be the first girl to play in the NFL. So what Cam did for her is he and I, he brought in me, and we had never met, um, to coach this little girl and to coach her up for the day. And he was great to work with. And then after we finished, you know, we had a chance just one-on-one. And he looked at me and he said, hey, coach. I said, yes. And he said, I I beat your team this year. And I started laughing. I was like, yeah, I know. And he said, well, you weren't there anymore when we played you. And I said, no, I wasn't. And he said, what would you have done to beat me? And I kind of started laughing. And I said, do you really want to know? He said, absolutely. And I said, I would have made sure that we came hard off the edge, kept your kept you contained in the box because we can't let you run on us, probably done some delayed splits or some delayed blitzes with a spy that I'd have on you. And, oh, by the way, the biggest thing would be I would jam the heck out of your tight end and never let Olsen get off the line. And he just started, like, he just got this this smirk that Cam gets. And, and uh, he smiled at me and he said, well, if they had that game plan, you guys might have won. They should have kept you. So. <laughs> And, well, and so to me, I just have a different image, and it's hard for me to reconcile the guy I know with what I saw. No, th- that's fair, but he did say it. I mean, there, there's did. no other there's no other way to cut it. He did say, he did. I, "Listen, I, I don't I don't know what goes through the mindset of, of Cam Newton, but whatever was going through the mindset that day, he thought he was within his right to say what he said, and that's wrong. I mean, so." Uh, it, it, People make mistakes. I get that, Jim. But, I mean, the very fact of the matter is is that he did come out and he did say it. He did. And as I said before, I don't agree with what he said. But for me, I always look at things from the scope of, um, you know, who I know and what I've seen. Because we say wrong things, right? Every single one of us. If we were taken out of context or taken at just one glimmer or one snapshot of our life, how good would we look? Mm-hmm. You know, could somebody comb through your entire life and you say, I look perfect? Absolutely no. And I would say that anytime we have that situation where it's somebody in the spotlight who does it, it generates a whole lot more conversation and hopefully an opportunity for us to grow because it's not right for anybody to feel like they can't do their job based on what somebody else's perspective is. But we also do, at some point, have to judge one statement relative to the context of somebody else's legacy. Yeah, we're talking with Dr. Jen Welter. Her new book, Play Big, Lessons in Being Limitless from the First Woman to Coach in the NFL. And Jen, not to harp on camp too much, but you just brought up something interesting. You know, I felt like one thing I I really – I didn't like to see from my female colleagues who cover the NFL and who cover sports is the the feeling that they needed to defend themselves about how much they know about football because of what Cam said. But I'm curious from the coaching aspect and when you were transitioning from, you know, being a player and a coach um, from like more of a minor league to getting to the NFL, did you feel like you had to keep proving your knowledge over and over again or did you try to approach it from a different way? You know, I really just didn't go in with kind of a chip on my shoulder. And I think that that was a good thing for the guys because, you know, to me, I, in any situation, I believe we have to see what we're going into, right? So if I went in, like, you're going to listen to me because I'm a coach, because I have this title, then, you know, you're automatically 
it's like like you said you feel like you have to defend yourself and 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 it creates that friction so when i got in there i i probably had the i the attitude of i'm gonna watch a little bit first and i didn't want to call guys out like make it a public thing because you never know what's going to go with that so i just subtly at first would help them and be like hey you know next time try this hey you know what he meant to say on this like, if you do it this way, you'll be good. And so it was very personal, very one-on-one. And what happened is that we we really had this um, level of trust. Plus, the guys could look at my game film. You know, they were – I give them a whole lot of credit because they were excited and enthusiastic. They knew everything about me before I walked in the door. You know, they knew I had played against men. They also had watched my tape against women. And they were excited to be a part of history. So um, – in a lot of ways, I think I was I was very blessed in the situation I was in. And plus, I was hired by Bruce Arians, who everybody knows to be a no-nonsense guy. And if Bruce brought me in, I already had kind of a seal of approval. Jen, do you feel like a trailblazer? <laughs> I remember the first time that I was asked this was in the press conference, and I kind of hemmed and hawed, and Bruce just kind of looked at him, and he was like, yeah, she's a trailblazer. Um, but to me, that's the... Uh, kind of one of the most uncomfortable phrases in the world because all I picture is like the trailblazer is the one who takes all the branches to the face, right? You're the one clearing <laughs> out the way. Um, and it's not pretty and sometimes it's uncomfortable, but hopefully the goal is that everybody else has a smoother place to walk out of treat from there. Of course, Jen, the shirt that Jen wore for, for the first time she stepped on the field yep. as a coach in the NFL is in Canton. You know, and that is that is unbelievable. So you might not want to call yourself a trailblazer, Jen. We'll call you one uh, on your own behalf. And, uh, you know, you and I talked about this on SI Now, but I want to ask it again for this audience, too. I mean, all the barriers that women have broken in the NFL and in sports, you know, obviously you and and then you see like in the front office, like an Amy Trask, for example. And there's so many more that I can name. You said you hope that maybe one day a gold jacket is tailored for a woman in Canton. You know, what what's another place you hope that women sort of break into in the NFL or in sports in general? Um, you know, I, I hope that we continue to see those women there because every single time you do, it's like, okay, that's possible, right? And it, it gives little girls the permission to dream bigger because they can say, I want to be her. And Amy Trask is a great example, obviously. And now you have Katie Sowers, who's out with the 49ers. And um, to me, that's a teammate. You know, we both represented uh, Team USA together and we played against each other for a number of years. So every time you see that, it's like, yes, that's awesome. And I don't look at it like I couldn't name a place necessarily, Maggie, where I want to see women break through i i just want them to have every opportunity and i don't think that there's really a limit to that that's fantastic jen Jen is awesome and you know what i have to say i read the book i absolutely love the book because if it it creates this sort of you can see just the trail right you can see how jen got to where she was to where she ended up and it just makes so much sense when you read the book about just how one step built on the next built on the next and I think it's great, especially, you know, for the fathers out there with daughters, anyone. Oh, no I mean, question. it's just, it's really, really great. Jen, thanks so much thank for getting so up much, early Jen. and thank you for, for joining us. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. I appreciate you.